Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. It's the final week, at least with our first attempt at coming up with a list of specific actionable tips that you can use to impress your attendings and your residents and get a really good slow. Last week was really, really important. All of this stuff has been important. You've spent so much energy up to this point. And I'm just going to recap the tips so far. Introduce yourself to your team. Stay humble and confident. Stay focused. Do your learning, your core learning before your rotation. And then remember, it's all about teamwork. Find ways that you can contribute to your team. Repeat your name over and over to the patient. Explain every little thing to your patient. Keep them comfortable. Try to keep things moving quickly for them. Use the language line. Get four descriptors for each complaint. Find out why the patient is in the department today and what their biggest concerns are. Make sure you hit every single red flag. Jot down the name of their doctors. And then at least have an organized medical history for when your attending asks for more detail. Maybe put the three biggest things in your presentation. Recheck that heart rate and that respiratory rate. Do a thorough exam of the main area of concern. The one you guys miss the most is neuro. Maybe, maybe do a rectal exam and get a guaiac card. Get your patients gowned up and exposured for exam. Bring the ultrasound and towels to bedside. Print out and review old patient records. Keep that high, stepping, confident snowbank cadence during your presentation. Give a treatment plan. Introduce your attending and your patient to each other. And then when you have the opportunity, set up the procedures and other supplies for your attending. It helps out. And now this week is the close. These are, in my opinion, the most important tips of all. This is what separates the really good med students from the unicorn med students. This is the perfect capstone to our series. And so at this point, it's kind of easy. You've done all of this stuff. I mean, that's a huge list of stuff. And it's easy to pat yourself on the back. But, you know, tips 26 through 30 this week. This is where the rock star med students are hiding. They are, they just settle right in here and they're really good at this. It's all in the close, the follow through. Stephen Curry says that when shooting three pointers, that it's all about the follow through. It's the same thing that's true here. There are five final steps this week. Let's go. If you've followed the tips up to this point and have done it right, you've probably given your attending a really solid impression of you, but now it's time to close. Grab that top slow and take it. The final five steps. Tip number 26. The blood draw in the IV. So hang up number one that gives your attending super duper headaches is when tests aren't getting sent or when CTs with contrast aren't getting done because there is no IV. This is a big common problem. When you see all of those tests ordered on the screen, you're kind of keeping track and they are all still there in like the pre-drawn status. They're not happening. You want to be the one that is seeing that first. And it's almost always because of some difficulty with starting an IV. And all you need to do, you don't even need to do anything here. I just want you to notice that. And you need to update your attending when that happens. Say, hey, I checked with nursing. I know it's been a half hour for that blood work. And um, they're still just basically working on the IV. And that's it. 
You're just closing that communication loop. You're just communicating that. Not only does this help out your attending bigly, but it also makes you look like a badass because you are keeping track of your patients and your attending is going to notice that you're keeping track of your patients and you're following through on what's going on. You're not just picking up additional cases and presenting them, another case and presenting them, but you're also keeping your own cases that you've seen. You have to keep them moving forward, even if it's at a very basic level. Do this. Trust me. Tip number 27, urine. It's the golden, it's the golden tip. If I could have any, if I could choose, this isn't the most important step for you, but if I personally could choose one tip that I would have you do for me, for completely selfishly, it's that if you could get a urine on every single patient that needs a urine sample as soon as possible, I mean, that, that's, what I would, that's what I would wish for for my birthday. If I could ask a genie for a wish, it would be that the patient would pee in the cup. So I don't really care how you do it. I don't care if you don't pick up another case until you get your patient to pee. I don't care if you stick their hand in warm water while dripping the faucet and making a little tinkling sound. I don't care if you use like a rain stick, if you personally piggyback that patient to the bathroom, the urine worldwide, universal, is the single test that creates the biggest delay in patient care, period. It's like a health crisis. So just please, if you if you care about me at all, just independently, just get that urine and let your attending know when it's done. And just, you just update them. Again, some of this is just communication. Say, hey, urine and blood is all sent for the record. I just want to update you. And I'll give you a big hug because that's strong work. And you just, you're now a natural at emergency medicine. You get it. Emergency medicine is all about the urine. Now you know. Tip number 28. Repeat your scripting. Go way back. Remember our scripting. And you scripted on your initial exam with the patient. Uh, now, now repeat your scripting with them at least once during the visit. A uh, few minutes after you present and maybe everything's been, you know, sent and they're in the lab and pending. Now go back and say, hey, it's, it's, hi, it's Zach, the med student again. Anything I can do to make you more comfortable? Do you have any questions? I'm doing my best to keep things moving fast for you. And you're going to seal that, that patient ownership and it will pay dividends. 29, tip number 29 is, uh, this is a big, 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 big one. This this is a mega tip. So listen up. Here's the deal. The re-examination is like super duper important. And so I'm about to give you a menu of four re-examinations that you can do with your patient on, on every one of your patients. And you, you choose one item off that menu, that re-examination menu that you think is the most applicable to that case. You can ambulate them. That's one, that's option number one is ambulate them. This one's good for anyone with a respiratory complaint who maybe came in hypoxic, but really turned around. Um, it's also really good for anybody, especially old people that are complaining of like generalized weakness or dizziness, ambulate them, unhook them from the monitor, walk with them, recheck their oxygen when they're done. It's a good test of a patient's ability to safely function at home. So that's option one. You can do that one. Option number two is you repeat the focused physical examination. This is a really classic one for people who have abdominal pain or asthma. After that patient gets some medicine and some breathing treatments, whatever, and some of those tests are starting to come back normally, you're like, hmm, this patient might end up going home. Perform a focused re-examination of that body area again. So the, like the classic one is a repeat abdominal exam. They came in, they're like, oh, oh and they're flinching and you press on their belly. Now they've had pain medicine, they've had some fluids, they've got some nausea medicine, they've had a little bit to calm down and repeat your abdominal exam. 
see if they have any peritoneal signs, see if it's getting better or worse. A repeat lung exam and respiratory exam. That's a good one. If they came in really asthmatic and they're just tight and wheezing, just repeat it. See if after the breathing treatments, things opened up. This is a really good test for specific situations when you think that patient's going to be going home and things are coming back normal. Another one, this is your third option, is a repeat vital sign exam. And so this is the one that you use when the triage vitals were all messed up. They were febrile and tachycardic and tachypnic and hypoxemic, and their blood pressure was 250 over 150, and everything is like flashing on your screen in red when they first got there. Let your treatments kick in, wait for some of the tests to start to come back, and then just recheck all of their vitals. And if all those vitals have improved, now you know, like, hey, like, we really moved in the right direction. We made some progress here. That's your third reexamination option. And then your fourth reexamination option is something called the PO challenge. It's great for, it's, you use this in patients who are nauseous and vomiting. This is really good for, like, any of the sick kids. You want to see them sucking on that popsicle, drinking some fluids, and doing it without vomiting. That's a PO challenge, and you do that towards the end of your visit. You obviously don't do it if they're going to surgery or something, but once things are coming back, PO challenge your patients. Choose one of those four options and do it for each of your cases. And then when all of the tests, they're, they're coming back and they're looking good and all the treatments were given and things like they, they seem like they're wrapping up. Again, you don't have to do all four. Just pick one of them that seems the most relevant and do it. And once you're done, tell your attending, hey, I just rechecked the baby in 11. Just wanted to let you know, tolerating PO, looking good. It's like a master step. That's such a good step. That's like a great step. I'm, I'm so proud of that step. That's a good one. And then the final step of our series, your last step, step number 30, is the disposition step. That moment, that very instantaneous second that everything comes back, and I want you watching for it. I want you catching it immediately. 10 out of 10 labs are back. I want you looking through everything. If you haven't done your re-examination yet, and you should have, I want you to go quick and do one of those four re-examinations. And then I want you to go to your attending and let them know that, hey, Everything is back. And now you, you, you pause because this is, this is like the moment. The attending will say, what do you think we should do? And they're testing you and they're asking for a disposition and they want that disposition. This is it. You have to choose your disposition. Don't fuck this up. This is like super important. You've come so far. Get the disposition right. You have three options, okay? Option A, you admit them for X bad diagnosis that you made. I think we should admit them because they're altered mental status because of their pneumonia. I think we should admit them because they're septic. I think we should admit them because they're having an MI. You have a clear diagnosis that they need to be admitted for. And so what you say, I think we need to admit them because you have a clear bad diagnosis and then you get pimped usually on the next step of therapy after that. Option B is you can discharge them. The patient looks great and they're young and whatever they're complaining of was really just kind of atypical and your exam was good and your re-examination was good and you tell your, ex- your attending that the re-exam was good, you discharge them for a close follow-up with your PCP in like one to two days. That's the, the only time I've seen some of you trip up here is with like a few specific cases. So chest pain patients, syncope patients, TIAs, 
by definition, these patients are now going to look good. Like that's the definition of them. But many times, depending on how concerned you are about the story for a possible neurologic or cardiac badness with, with these, these patients, uh, can, they don't get discharged just because they look good because like that's by definition, like they look good. Syncope is resolved, Right. So, but generally speaking, if they look good and the vitals are good and the labs look good, they get discharged for close follow-up. And then option C is the middle, the middle ground. It's observation. It's called a patient who has a concerning symptom or complaint, or maybe a benign diagnosis, but they have a concerning red flag or aspect to their story. So, you know, cellulitis, for example, and they're diabetic. The middle option is the option between, you know, the full admission for X bad diagnosis and, you know, just completely sending them back in, into the world for close outpatient follow-up. So, you know, things like, hey, like, did they overdose? Didn't they overdose? Did they, how much did they actually take? That's an observation. The anaphylaxis, they looked awful when they got here, but now they're resolved. You know, maybe you observe that. You know, a patient who has a chest pain episode that's moderate risk or high risk is kind of concerning uh, observation. You're attending when you get to the end of all of this stuff, they're going to ask you to pick a disposition. They're going to say, Hey, what do you think we should do? And those are, those are kind of your three options plus whatever therapy you think you should start. If you have a clear, bad diagnosis that you've both decided on, that's an admission. If literally everything, everything is looking just sparkly and great, and it's not by definition resolved chest pain consistent with an angina type episode, high risk syncope that's now resolved or, or a TIA by definition now resolved, then they can go home for close follow-up usually. And if there's a red flag on the case, so a risk factor, or just the story was really concerning or they're super old, articulate that and say, hey, you know, the, honestly, that was just kind of a red flag to me. Maybe we should just kind of watch them. Is that an option? That's your observation. And I know it sounds hard and actually it kind of is, but you've crushed it up to this point. So as long as you can articulate your thought process behind that choice, I would, I would anticipate that your attendings kind of push you to, to answer this question, give it your best shot. And you know, if you get it wrong, I mean, that's why you're staying humble. But I think that a lot of times you'll be surprised and you can get it right. And you're just going to be getting a solid, solid evaluation. Let me know how it goes. Try out these tips. Let me know if the results, if, if it gives you great, if you get great feedback or if you end up getting like unexplained negative feedback because your attending didn't like one of these tips. I, I love getting feedback from you. Just let me know how it goes. Um, but that, that's, those are my 30, my 30 tips, my golden tips. Keep up the strong work, everybody. I'm proud of you. Until next week, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.